hamster with a blunt penknife would do it quicker. And welcome back to A Hamster with a Blunt Penknife, the Doctor Who commentary podcast. Well done. <laughs> I know, yeah, it was all right, wasn't it? I forgot the rest of it, but it's fine. It's fine. I'm sure you can tidy that up. <laughs> oh, I thought that was your intro. Are we that starting was my now? intro, yeah, 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 that'll do. Oh, well, okay. Well, who are you? Who am I? Who are you? Who are you? You're who Mr. I? Joe. I don't know who I am, though. Who am I? <laughs> You are the marvellous, the fabulous, the charismatic, the intelligent, Mr. Jeff Goddard. Hello! Hello! <laughs> it's been ages. Last time I saw you was on Peladon, so... Oh, we wasn't... Oh, my God. That was a fucking brilliant recording, wasn't it? What I had so much fun with that. I love that story. I I'm not entirely sure we spoke about Curse Peladon too much, you know, during that. But then my... <laughs> we had such a great, great conversation. We did, we did, and um, we, we're going back into New Who now. <laughs> we are definitely going back into New Who, and um, would you indulge me for a second, because I, I had, today we're talking about Jodie Whittaker's regeneration story, The Power of the Doctor, <laughs> which I know, I know. You all right? Are you okay? There is a huge chance I'm going to cry. <laughs> Well, me too, as what is one particular bit as well that gets me every time. But I had a queue of people a mile long come at me to record this episode. Oh, really? Uh, I did. And and people were like, Can I do it? Can I do it? Can I do it? And I was saying to everyone, No way. There's only one person that is going to record Power of the Doctor with me. And that is the person who I consider to be the ambassador for the Jodie Whittaker era. I think and maybe for it. our generation, I might be. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of young, vibrant, energetic Doctor Who fans who have been amazing ambassadors for her era and, and championed oh, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Don't get me wrong. I think, and I think there are plenty of people of our generation that love it. Yes. But in terms of pure love for this era... I think you're the one. And before we even talk about the episode in question, will you just give me a little taste of what you think about this era and what this era means to you? I, this era has been... It's just been a joy for me um, because it's the first time since Doctor Who came back that I've connected to it in the same way that I connected to Doctor Who as a kid growing up in the 80s. Um, mm. It has struck all those same old familiar chords with me from the music to the Doctor to the companions to the stories. It's It's just... It's been magical and it's me personally through some very trying times i mean all of us went through lockdown and a lot of us met because of lockdown or at least started talking in in sort of this fashion where we can see Hello. one another Hello. Yeah. um which was magnificent and i've made some great friends and connections through all of that um and all in the background was 
Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor, and then she did that video where she's in the cupboard hiding from Sontarans. What a gift that was! What to the children that were going through the pandemic, you know, <laughs> absolutely, or the too. absolutely, yeah. Um, and but. Also, during lockdown, we were going through my wife's cancer treatment. Um, so she was having chemo and then radiotherapy, and she'd had two surgeries. And it was a difficult, it was a difficult time with a lot of pressure and a lot of stress. But Doctor Who was there to give me hope and uh, a light um, to just. If I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel, Doctor Who was the torch that was letting me see where I was putting my feet, if you know what I mean. Um, and <clears throat> Jodie is the, the sort of like the bright centre of that light as well. So, yeah, it's it, it's just been a wonderful, wonderful era that has evoked pure Doctor Who for me in a way i think uh we've gone through what's it been five years since she's been the doctor and i think for, we've gone through five really dark years like politically yeah in terms of health you know the pandemic um and i feel like um everyone's feeling it you know everyone is yeah. it's a sunk tangible in the air and for me, yeah, uh, you're right. She's like this ray of sunshine that has shone through it. And I don't know, I don't know if it's the smile. I don't know if it's the performance, the charisma. I don't know if it's how she's written. Something about her doctor just makes me smile. When I'm in a really bad dark place she makes me smile i remember those flux episodes coming out i was not in a great place but for an hour a week i was just having a ball it was energetic and fun and exciting and right at the heart of it all was jodie whittaker just being dazzling I, yeah. yeah i get it i absolutely get it and i think nothing ever really broke her spirit and because nothing ever broke her spirit even though she went through dark times as a character as well <laughs> and she went through uncertainty and she went through trauma and um i think a lot of us felt during lockdown that maybe old wounds reopened as well and things from the past because you have all of this time you have all of this time mm. on your hands and stuff just comes back um <laughs> this is why we occupy ourselves yeah. so much um as a species we have to because we have to keep moving forwards because otherwise the weight of the past can pull you back a little bit and that's very much what sort of jody's doctor's arc has been is yeah. is releasing herself from the weight of the past um which that kind of came to a close in legends of the sea devils really that that arc which gave us now um this this chance to just have a celebration at the end of i was, was gonna say you want to talk about the weight of the past in this last episode there's a, there's a hell of a weight in this, I'm telling you. Oh, but all man. of that was... There was a lot of happy memories yeah. in there. Oh, oh, 
this is <laughs> the power of the doctor is just an enormous celebration isn't it it's a love letter to doctor who as a whole so we're going right back to the 60s with ian right through the 70s joe's there um right through the 80s with tegan and ace right through the 90s the plot is a bloody ripoff of the tv movie with the master um yes. getting the doctor in another booth trying to take their life yeah, and yeah, he's got yeah. lines like i always dress for the occasion and all of that all the way through New Who, and then it's a celebration of Jodie's era as well with Dan, Bradley Walsh coming back in. Yeah, you know, oh man, oh man, how could you not love this? Well, exactly. It's it's. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I we recorded last night for Gallifrey's Most Wanted. The episode is up and out already because Ross banged it out in about an hour. Mm. <laughs> um, fair play to him. Um, <laughs> we talked last night how this was about the fact that Doctor Who has been a part of the BBC for a very nearly 60% of its lifespan, which yeah. is really incredible. It has been a huge part. Whether it's been on screen for all of that time doesn't really matter because once Doctor Who was established and when it first went away, it continued and it endured and it was still referenced on BBC and there mm -hmm. were repeats and there were celebrations and we got things like dimensions in time, whether you like it or not, <laughs> um, we got it. I've uh, heard some people say this is dimensions in time at 90 minutes long. Do you know what? There, <laughs> what there, there is a bit that reminds me of dimensions in time and it's to do with those shifting doctors. That is yeah, so dimensions yeah, yeah, yeah. in time. There are so many little subtle nods to the past. That... Well, do you know what? I... I don't know if you know this. I know this on fair authority uh, that potentially this might have been the last episode of Doctor Who had Rossi Davis not uh, swept in with Babel. This potentially might have been the last. And I feel like I don't think I need to be told that watching this no. because this absolutely is. And you know the sort of the, the regeneration where she's on the cliff throwing out the energy. And, and it comes like back. Fuck me, that would have been a great place to end Doctor Who, wouldn't it? I yeah, mean, yeah. offering hope to the future, smiling about it, saying, right, you're next. I mean, that would have been a brilliant way to... I'm glad yeah. it's not ending. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm Rusty Davis, one of my faves. He's back. I'm sure he's going to do amazing things. Um, but I'll tell you what, as a tail end to this era and as a celebration of Doctor Who, I thought this was practically perfect. I, I would put this above Day of the Doctor for for, for, a, for a celebration easily. That's what my Mark said to me this morning. He said exactly the same thing. Now, there's people that think we're mad saying that, but I'd agree with you as well. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, look, this era has been plagued by animosity from mm. certain sections of the Doctor Who fan base. And there have been some very legitimate complaints and there have been yes. some completely illegitimate complaints. And uh, <laughs> people might think we're mad for proclaiming to be Doctor Who fans yet enjoying the Jodie Whittaker tenure. <laughs> uh, and that just how dare you enjoy how very dare you. <laughs> call yourself a fan i've had people say that to me online i from the day she was cast and i 
put up a thing on Facebook because I don't think I was even on Twitter really then. Um, not much anyway. Um, I put something up on Facebook and within a minute I'd had a message from someone who had been a very good friend online for a long time say, how are you okay with this? And it just, I just went, what am I, what am I reading? <laughs> what are you I, saying? Okay, honestly, I, I feel like, because a lot of people uh, are kind of under the impression that this insidious corner of fandom started with this era. And I don't think that's true at all. I think it started building from Rusty Davis. It got a lot worse during Stephen Moffat's time. And I think he went through hell and they got a bloody death threat. He came off social media, you know, because somebody couldn't separate fiction from fact and started sending out death threats. And I feel like because the so many changes were made, like a female doctor, so many firsts happened here. Yeah. We had our first doctor of colour, you know. Yeah. Um it it brought out the worst in some people. And do you know what? I don't think I don't think we should give them too much attention in this. Because no, no, I'm glad you brought it up because I definitely it's something that's there and it cannot. It, it, be it's it's the elephant in the room that has to be addressed and then shooed away um, because it's not worthy. I've always said I'm here to celebrate Doctor Who because it's my favourite TV show and I love it all, even the bits I don't like. I love <laughs> um, because it's Doctor Who. And can I um, can I say one thing though? I think Chibnall had the last laugh, and do you know why? because the plot of this story right effectively is the master attempting, doctor, yeah. <laughs> attempting to cancel the doctor yeah and turn him back into a man i thought oh my god this is genius it, like, i mean i don't i don't know if chimel didn't just have a like oh the doc the master should be the doctor or whether he's actually leading into this but if he is fair play to you sir that he's is not great. ignorant of what's gone on on places They're like so Twitter. so loud, Jeff. How can you not? You must know. You the know. trouble is, it's the worst of the worst is quite a small bunch of people, but they shout the loudest and they try to drown out any opposing voice um, because that's that's the method of people like that is to is to just use a bullhorn where a whisper would suffice. You know, it's. <laughs> But you know what, right? You know, the ultimate win is this, yeah. Is you and me sitting there talking about this at the other end of this era, having loved what's come, having adored the finale. You've got Jodie Whittaker who's had the time of her life and she's just battered away all these criticisms and forged fantastic friendships with the people that she's worked with, you know, and done amazing work that that is a legacy now because she'll always be the first female doctor. Um, you've got Chris Chibnall, who, you know, probably has received a fair amount of battering mm -hmm. throughout this time. In the end, he's got this amazing body of work now uh, of Doctor Who that he's put out, you know. And there are there is absolutely an enormous fan base for his era. It's just yeah. not quite as loud as the, the the idiots over there that are screaming really, really, really loud. No, exactly. But it, at the end of the day, I, I can only see... <laughs> We can all only appreciate it in our own way, and we can all yeah. only enjoy Doctor Doctor Who is a uniquely personal experience, mm. and all of us feel it and react to it differently. 
Um, and then it's finding common ground between between us all where where we can all agree or just share the bits that we do really like without trying to bring down the bits that maybe we don't like as much you know it's i've come to the conclusion i was thinking like, i did the dominators with fraser the other week right and i've come to the conclusion that all these wonderful people are surrounding myself in this hand fam oh uh, yeah we've got our own fam now you know um is that i've just come i love it all now because there's yes. someone out there who loves it all, and I've, I've managed to find all those people that love every story and every era, and this thing's just become a massive loving now for Doctor Who. It's marvellous, I'll tell you. But that's what that's what we need. We need more of that. The trouble is, is and I'm sure you probably know this, that, that doesn't sell as well as being angry about something online. Uh, you know? Do you know what? Never mind. <laughs> Let's let those people but it's, get on it's, with it. You know? that, that's the difference between uh, being genuine about something <laughs> and seeing an opportunity and maybe not being as genuine about something you know just just realizing that you can you can make money <laughs> out of people but it's get on it's, with it you know that that's the difference between uh, being genuine about something <laughs> and seeing an opportunity and maybe not being as genuine about something you know just just realizing that you can you can make money <laughs> out of being angry is a very lucrative market and it'd be easy to do because i can rant with the best of them but that's not me so you shouldn't be talking about the Stephen Moffat era, but do you know what? I even celebrate what's there. No, because I think half of what Moffat put out during this time was absolutely wonderful. You know, there's always something good to take away from any Doctor Who episode. There's always something that you can latch onto and go, "Yes, this, more of this, please." You know, it's it's very easy to find bits that you like. Um, it's it's a little easier to find bits that you don't like. Do you know, though, there's something you did, you personally did uh, and said to me when we were doing, I think it was Resolution, mm. I think, that fundamentally changed how I was looking at Doctor Who, certainly from the flux through to Power of the Doctor. And that was um, how this era threw up like striking and beautiful imagery mm. and i swear to god every time now there's a fantastic cgi landscape and this episode was absolutely full of dazzling imagery oh. i just see your face i see you there getting all excited <laughs> <laughs> and it makes me smile so much man oh man i i, I for, whether it was a pandemic uh so they couldn't do as much location work or whatever reason I feel like from this series 13, in terms of the visual nature of Doctor Who, fuck, they up their game. Yes, like, they did, yeah. it, uh, it's just full of beautiful, and I, you know, like, um, what's that place called Time in the flux season? You know, with all the floating triangles yes, going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and the women on the podiums. Stunning. And you had like the landscapes that were like um, Roman, uh, Roman buildings. Yeah. I, I mean, I could just list. Uh, either the Daleks, the way the Daleks were shot in like the dark in that 
throughout the building going up at the end, the Doctor and Yaz under the sea in Legend of the Sea Devils. Oh, lit that's up gorgeous. Oh. Like the the visual palette has just been extraordinary, I think. Yeah. And I think they saved the money and the best for last because this episode was packed full of memorable images. Yes, it was. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to watching it again because like, like I said to you before, I think we hit record. Um, this is only my second watch. I've yeah, saved myself for you. <laughs> it's my sixth i'm so sorry i've been cheating on you with my tv but i just this is the first time i've had to re-watch something over and over again since probably since rusty davis's time where i've just desperately wanted to take in every you know what it is i think it's all the easter eggs to the past i've been trying to find all the different east you know the two tardises and legopolis the bits of the tv movie you know all of it the little references and, and things that that are just almost thrown away um it all it all brings to mind glimpses of past stories, past adventures, past companions, past everything. Oh. Do you know what bit? I'm going to be really rude now, but do you know what bit really made me come in my pants was when Tegan <laughs> was going up that lift shop and the Cybermen started bursting through the walls. And I was like, he's doing a shock. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. When they break out of their cylinders, yeah. It's... Yeah, oh. I, mean, I, I will try because I, I'm I'm scared throughout this commentary. I'm just going, oh my god, that's the bit from Zone. <laughs> yeah, I will try not to talk about that. It, it would what? be very easy of us to do that, and it's also going to be very easy of us because of the way this podcast works to to miss quite a bit as oh, well. But yeah, but we, we know we know what's in there. We know what's going on. <laughs> Well, and do you know as well, because I was really scared this was going to be a bit of a hot mess. When I knew it was going to have all of these elements, the Master of Rasputin, you know, Kate Stewart, Ace, Tegan, all those departures, you know, Dan, the Doctor and Yaz going, um, you know, all that and more. I was like, man, that's a lot for an hour and a half. How the hell? I'll tell you what, he battered this plot into... And he was doing his thing that he always does, or he's done since Flux, which is having a lot of balls in the air. There's a lot going on, but it is focused through a narrative that is very clear and has enough action and stuff to see you through as well. I found it very easy to follow. Um, there's, There's one scene that doesn't quite get an explanation, but I've already come up with my own headcanon for it. So it's fine. Would you mind pointing that out when we get there? Yeah. (laughs) Well, look, I mean, I don't know about you. We've already given this a fair bit of love, but shall we, shall we head in? Shall we head, head the hell in? (laughs) Okay. I've got to say one thing straight from the off though, before we even press play. Right. I've got this obsession with things set on trains. I love stories set on trains. When this opened up with that train going through space, they're on the roof. Mad. It couldn't have had a better start for me. I'm telling you. <laughs> All right. That was well, it. You count us in. You okay. Count us in. We're going from five or three? Five. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Play. Like, what were your expectations of this? I didn't have any. Oh, that's, that's a good place to start. I, I, I tried. I don't like going into Doctor Who with expectations because I used to do that all the time and um, it, never pan, it never pans out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And <laughs> I think 
I think a lot of people's expectations of this series or of this era as a whole was was what set them on the wrong foot from the start. They had yeah. expectations. Um whereas I'd like to get taken on the journey. It, I do I do find it fascinating, you know, that we started the era with a complete oh, absence of continuity and we ended the era on the biggest love letters Doctor Who we've ever had. Yes, but I, I spoke with Ross and Vic about that last night. Those Cybermen in that smoke and that light, by the way, are absolutely oh, gorgeous. I mean, shall we just say from the off that Jamie Magnus Stone is one of the best directors that Doctor Who has ever had. I think all yeah. the work he's done on Doctor Who has been phenomenally good. Yes, yeah. I mean, he must have got this script and thought, bloody hell, there's a lot happening. How am I going to put all this together? Well. Well, he does it. And there we go, Cybermasters. We love Cybermasters. <laughs> Which I invented, I by the way. They, <laughs> they came out in the Time of the Children, I was like, oh boy, that is camp. That is camp, those Cybermen with the big collars and all of that. And now I'm just like, no, it's just a fucking great concept. Cybermen it, that can regenerate. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's why not? I, I mean, I, I did that Mondasian cyber time law picture like yes. five, six years ago now, um, and the concept of the Doctor coming out of the time war, finding Gallifrey, and it, having been taken over by Cybermen, like any other planet that the Cybermen take over, and the inevitability. They they talk about that in Peter Capaldi's last story, uh, well, penultimate story, which is which <laughs> is that where there's people, there come Cybermen. Yeah. Why not Gallifrey? Well, I mean, yeah, well, the Master it? gave it. Convert everybody. That's, that's their end game, isn't it? Yeah, is absolutely. Really... Total conversion. It's... Uh, absolutely amazing but it also means as well there's sidemen that will just keep coming you'll shoot them and they'll regenerate and they'll keep coming and that's scary that is scary that's scary oh now look dad's not in this for long no he's so not. i feel like we need to give down a little bit of attention here yeah yeah i've really enjoyed dan um but he's he doesn't really his arc is is a very simple one um, which is realising that he wants to make more of his life and not just be the guy that we met in the Halloween apocalypse. You know, he where he's a bit of a loser. Uh, to be honest with you, I actually thought his decision that, you know what, this is a dangerous life and I don't want to die. I want to live my life. I don't. I think that's a great conclusion to come to because I think if that was yeah. me in the TARDIS and I was on air being chased by Cybermen down this uh, train ceiling, I'd be like, you know what? Oh. If I make it out of this, I'm yeah. going home. <laughs> I'm going back to watching Doctor Who on the TV rather than experiencing it in real life, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. I would like to say Joe Sims is the man there in the train and he plays Mark Seven in the Big Finish Adventures. So I think there's okay. even a nod to Big Finish here as well. Well, uh, yeah. Um, I, I think there's more than a few nods to Big Finish in they here. Do. Well, Tegan mentions two husbands and that is established in Big Finish. So yeah. I thought that was quite quite tasty as well. Man, oh man, look at this. <laughs> His suit is cracked. They're walking across the ceiling of this train. The Cybermen are um, advancing on them. What? <sighs> it's, 
I may have made a mistake not watching it six times before because uh, I'm just transfixed again. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. I'll try and keep you on track, all right? (laughs) I love the fact that the tunnel that they're going down looks like a very colourful version of like a a classic Doctor Who title sequence as well. It is beautiful though isn't it well i mean we're going to talk about the beautiful imagery i love i love that sort of tunnel effect dan's really funny in a minute where he goes hello this is driver dan talking (laughs) dan Dan is funny um and and they picked the right guy to play him because he's he's a natural comedian anyway i was Um, so funny i think his best bits like the bit where he knocked out the Sontaran and then turned around and went, Hey, you're right, lads. You know which way is the pier dead? Yeah. <laughs> or when it, he confronts the Dalek. Remember in Eve of the Daleks where he confronts yes. the Dalek he's walk- and he's just walking around him to evade his fire. Oh, brilliant. It's it's a shame he doesn't get a bigger part in this. Um, because he was quite a big part of Flux, but yeah. this it needed, Maybe something it had to, needed to be Jodie and Mandip. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The end had to be Jodie and Mandip. Yeah, yeah. He could maybe have left a bit further into the episode, like when they first got back to Earth, when they were summoned in the TARDIS. Maybe he could have left them, but... Yeah, it, it feels like a bit of a slight to his character to, to boot him out. By, I, by thought the title that, I thought that as well. Um, yeah, especially when all the fun is about to, <clears throat> about to start, you know. But yeah. maybe, you know, maybe it was one element too many. Yes, yeah. Um, he, he's he got a lot of companions in this episode. The doc, She loves a full TARDIS, doesn't she? So, um, yes, and, but also as well, he's having to do, because obviously he's doing... What four goodbyes? He technically does the goodbye between Tegan and the fifth doctor, the yeah. goodbye between Ace and the seventh doctor, uh, the goodbye between Yaz and the 13th doctor, yeah. and the goodbye between. And you know what? You've got kind of got to pace them a bit. Otherwise, yeah. if you stick them all at the end, it's going to feel like Return of the King, you know? Yeah, exactly. Which goes on for half an hour after the film's finished. <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is indulgent, I thought, when I was watching that movie. And are we supposed to think that that kid was the timeless child? Because that's what I thought when I was watching That this. was my initial first. Um, I love that Janet and Sophie both got their names in the title sequence as well. Again. Oh, yeah, That's proper, those. Jeff, you've not heard excitement that you're going to hear from me when those two appear in this, all right? <laughs> okay, can I, well, can I very quickly ask you then, um, before things really, really kick off... Do you think it was a smart move to not lean into the Timeless Child, the watch, all of that in this? Yes, yeah, because that's the Doctor's journey. The Doctor's journey was reaching the point that she realised the past doesn't actually matter. Um, She's already lived a full life and more. I mean, they're in their next regeneration cycle. It gave us a glimpse that there is more to the Doctor's past. It gave us a the Who back in Doctor Who a little bit. Um, and it also gave us that guarantee that the Doctor can go on for quite a bit longer yet in, in whatever format Doctor Who continues as. Um, the Timeless Child allows the Doctor to continue 
Um, and that's really all it needed to do. It's also no. given Big Finish years oh, of oh boy. <laughs> Roof Doctor and Sasha Dewan's Master are on their way. I can't wait. But you know what? It was what? It kind of, it meant, uh, it was like a message to fans who kind of, they like, you know, pigeonholing the, the first Doctor, the second Doctor, you know, having a chronology, everything being in place. Actually, what the Timeless Child Arc does is it says, whatever you think you know about the Doctor, there is always more to know. And there's always stuff you ain't gonna know because the title of the show is fucking Doctor Who. And because, and I've, I've spoken about this before in other places and other times. Oh, hello, Tegan. Um, it's... <sighs> Doctor Who is the sandpit of whoever is in charge of it. And they can make whatever they want in that sandpit. And they can bring whatever toys in that they want to play with. But when their time's up, and it's someone else's turn to turn into, to play in that sandpit, it turns into a completely different situation, you know? Um, Doctor Who is always... It's, it's a transient thing, but it, for a little time, it belongs to whoever's in charge. Um... But then they have, they have to make sure that the sand stays clean and it doesn't get dirty, so that the next person can come and play in it. Yeah, but that's all they have to do. There was just enough as well about the timeless child. Like, like I feel like it worked brilliantly in the fugitive uh, of the Jadoon because it was a massive mystery and a big like, what the fuck? And then suddenly everyone was talking about it and what's it all about and blah, blah, blah. And then the Timeless Children hit and it gave us more information. And all right, that was divisive. There were half that kind of loved it, half that hated it. But it was opening the show out in new ways, in creative new ways. And people were still talking about how this all makes sense, you know, where you fit in the roof, Doctor. And, you know, will Jodie open the watch and all of this, you know, it, it... got people discussing this yes yeah and ultimately i mean my 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 position on the time as child was i love it but it doesn't really matter yeah you know i i do i i adore the concept that the doctor has had all of these previous existences so that it does it does sort of canonize the Morbius Doctors and things like that. And it means that there is now, if people want to, and that's not just Big Finish, that's not even licensed people, that's fanfic writers, that's artists, it's anyone can go hey, back and play friends. and turn a little bit of that playground, that, that sandpit, into their own yeah. and, and make of it what they will. Um, Actually, I never thought of it that way. By not explaining everything... That's giving people carte blanche to fill in those blanks, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And it, it, it ensures that even if Doctor Who went away from our screens, that there would be a whole new swathe of things, like the Virgin New Adventures we had in the 90s. Mm. Um, but you can do them with a continuing Doctor. You can go back and tell stories from before the first yeah. Doctor, you can have places like Big Finish feeding that as well. Um, and they will. Um, I, it gives uh, us potential. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just... God bless Chris Chibnall for going back to uh, Dan's shrunken house yeah, and having I that shot it. there going, oh, yeah, my house. It's tiny. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
and also as well, I've got to say, right, because we just had Ethan Tegan in it a minute ago, right? Yeah. You know, Tegan on the phone yeah. in Indonesia or wherever she is, that's exactly how my mum used to look down the phone. Like, Hello! Like, <laughs> <laughs> like she's not quite sure how to use it, you know? And is God, it and I, I do like the fact that they reference Day of the Doctor as well with the art in the gallery. I think mm-hmm. that's definitely mm-hmm. a nod to Day of the Doctor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Oh, oh, and this is a nod to Twice Upon a Time with the defective Dalek that's gone good. Yes, yeah. Um, I love that Dalek. It's a nod to the, the Dalek Civil Wars of, like, Remembrance. Uh, this, yeah. Ace is, again, she's mixed in with the Daleks, and the Daleks, although there's only one in this case, the Daleks are pissy about purity. Again, that's that's so true of the Daleks. Mm-hmm. I maybe feel the Daleks are a little wasted here. Um, but I, I think... Mean, I mean, that's... if this is a celebration of Doctor Who, they've got to be in here. Though, they've got to be like in there, yes. Yeah. And she references Davros here as well. And uh, Your creator would be both impressed and horrified. Yes. Yeah. Love it. But if there was a story, if there was a story to be told out of one element of this that could have been expanded a lot more, it's this individual. I can imagine a whole episode of byplay between Jodie Whittaker and a Dalek who's gone good. I think one of the criticisms of Chris Chibnall is that he throws so many ideas into yeah. one episode that could be a whole story in of themselves. Um, again. I kind of like that. Um, it, it's clear he's not short of ideas, you know. Um, he, he's he got a Doctor Who brain. <laughs> this has clearly been something that has bubbled away. Even the way that he's formatted and shaped his seasons. It's yeah. very clear that he had an idea where he when he started what he wanted to do and where he wanted to go and where it was going to end up. Um, can I say as well, oh, I'm gonna, I am doing this now, but the master as Rasputin, right? Okay, not only do I think that Shasha Dewan is the absolute pinnacle of this episode, I think his yeah, performance... Yeah, he steals this. It's one of the best performances I've ever seen in Doctor I was riveted every time he was on the screen. Especially as the Rasputin master. Oh, he's so good. And and um, second Akinola's score... Yeah, around these things, going like well, that that evokes Delgado's master theme from the seventies. So that was the first thing that struck me watching this scene here, um, where he does the. He doesn't even need to say it; they say, "and I will obey you." Uh, well, I don't know if you watched any of the series eight behind the sofa pictures. Well, this is ex- he, he's watching. Roger Delgado, and I think he's done up to the Timeless Children to that point, and he goes, wow, he's really still, and he's so menacing, and when I was watching this, I was like, you've taken notes, because he's suddenly really contained. But only as this version of the Master, only as this one. Um, He is is his regular Master self that we saw in Season 12, or Series 12, he does. He does. A, it's the way he stood there with his hand across across his the bottom of his chest, and that is so Delgado. He's so Delgado in that scene. 
you want to talk about beautiful images what about this room that they're in oh, and that's not a special effect that is a genuine location it's Absolutely gorgeous isn't it? it yeah and you know what right this is the king's demons isn't it it's the master in a ludicrous disguise in the past yeah yeah even the king's demons is being celebrated here and rightly so i quite like the king's demons <laughs> Oh, you and Jason Miller. I think you might be the only two, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I I was incredibly impressed with Sasha Dwan in this. I've loved his mask all the way through. I think his yeah, performance in Spyfall yeah. is something else when he goes from O to the master. But, oh, my God, you saw that breathless imagery. Did you see that zoom in onto the planet? Yeah, yeah, gorgeous. Utterly gorgeous. I mean, that is that is Star Wars good. That it's that yeah. a vast quarry, I think, and they've superimposed all, like great domes and cities and there's, spheres. There's, there's smoke geysers going off in the background. Uh, there's light playing over the, the landscape behind them. I said them. to um, when we were watching this, I said to Mark, I love the fact that there's smoke billowing out of the planet because it makes it feel like it's a machine. Yes, you know? yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And oh, that TARDIS. the dark TARDIS. Yeah, what's that evoking? Legopolis. Yeah, exactly. It, uh... Oh, I love that you know sign what? as well. <laughs> that's really <laughs> the Joker. That's so. Um... Well, that's evoking every master going, isn't it? He's always laughing his head off. Yeah. Um, but this, the cinematography inside this dark TARDIS with all the the dry ice pumping, and that out. takes us back to the Sim Master with that with that engine that he did in the doctor's tardis um uh, the end of oh season the th uh, paradox three engine. Yeah, the paradox yeah. engine yeah although it made me think of logopolis again remember when they go into the other tardis and it's yeah. a lot darker it just gets darker and darker and darker the more they go and then suddenly they come back into their own i love them i do find i i really am quite keen on the jody whisker console room i know some people are but i really like kind of how beautiful it is but i find when they turn the lights down like that they did the same thing in can you hear me there's yes, shots in can you yeah, hear me yeah. it's all blue and it just looks striking it reminds me of um the time monster tardis with the washing bowls on the walls <laughs> it reminds yeah, me on. of that and i'm all up for that because i love that tardis <laughs> they should have had a scene where the doctor was going -yup, -yup, those, those hexagons that are, that are back from the console that they remind mm -hmm. me of that so much because they add depth to the tardis and they add uh, a different play of shadow and light in there which yeah i'm all about that <laughs> This quarrying, this is a real good example of when I was watching it and thinking of you. The sort of this beautiful jellyfish with tendrils of energy and coming it's out. And for a cyber planet, I was like, my God, is this is this the imagery we're working with these days in Doctor Who? Which is crazy, isn't it, really? When you think about what Doctor Who is um, and its roots and the fact that it... We're at a point where we're still missing so much of its history. Um, yet Doctor Who now is being presented like a big budget sci-fi movie. Um, and in I fact, better than some sci-fi movies, you know? Um, oh, my God. And did you see that? The way he lifted up his fist, that Cyberman. Yeah. Oh, That's very David Banks, isn't it? <laughs> no, he went on Twitter, the fellow who plays him, and said it was a it was a, a nod 
to David Banks. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> okay, brilliant. I'll take that. <laughs> oh, and this bit here, right, where Kate Stewart, they're, they're in the middle of this adventure on the cyber planet, and then along comes another adventure, and she's like, can it wait? No! <laughs> <laughs> That's the clever thing about this episode, is that the Doctor keeps getting pulled to different things yeah. and then realises that actually these aren't different things. Well, it is a thing, Jeff, that the Doctor does generally tend to have these linear adventures yes, where nothing else yeah. interrupts. In fact, in real life, if you were bouncing about all over time and space, I think these adventures would converge. If only the Daleks had invaded in the Armageddon Factor, we'd have a much better story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm there for it. I'm there for it. Um, oh, my God, here we go. 13 with Ace and Tegan. Oh, she's a right stroppy mare, isn't she? Chibnall knows exactly how to characterise her. He's not going to make her soft like, you know, like he could have done. It's, no, he's just like, she's pissed as hell as she always was. Yeah. And I love Kate Stewart in this, you know. I I have been a bit distant with Kate Stewart, especially with her big finish performances. She showed a bit of range in this. It's actually listening to her big finish stuff that I, I've begun to appreciate Kate Stewart. Um, I've only heard a few. Maybe I should keep going. They're really solid. Um, really solid stories. Are we Have we got to a point now where bringing back classic companions with new Doctor's is old hat, or is it still exciting? Well, on TV, we've only really had it once before. Well, twice before, but both times with Sarah. Um, these are the first returning classic companions now, but does it need to be done again? Mm. Probably not for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. But I think they're well chosen, actually, and they they contribute to the story in different ways. And I felt I, honestly, Tegan, I couldn't stop laughing of that bit where she goes, "And yes, I would like to go into the TARDIS." And then she walked past her. I was like, yeah. "That is perfect, Janet building." It's um, crazy, isn't it? I, I would also like to point out that Sasha Dwan is the hottest person to ever appear in Doctor Who and in his various guises in this episode. There's oh, a little nod to um, Missy there as well with the screen. Yeah. Where he comes up. Um, that that bit in... Um, oh, God. Um, the Which is familiar. No, the first one. Magician's Apprentice. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a while. I haven't watched it for a while, that one, I'll be honest. Um... Oh, I see now. Look, I am gonna. This is my one of a couple of moments where I was just like, "Oh, really?" This whole oh, professor, you're really staticky. I was like, yeah. "What?" Clearly, something's being set up here, but that was a bit awkward. Yes, yeah. I thought it was to do with the impending regeneration, or uh, been nice. I wasn't sure, but yeah, it is a bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So can I tell you something, right? Where this scene is being shot right now, yeah? Yeah. This is the gate in Cardiff where Marvel Arth used to work and was working the day they filmed this. Yeah. So he met Sasha Dwan, he met Jodie Whittaker, um, he had lunch with the unit soldiers that storm in. 
and basically so they they brought in all of the stuff right yeah, yeah. To, to film the day before and then they were filming the next day and they're told you know don't go in there so of course he went in there didn't he he found all the little people and he's like oh my god the master's gonna be in this there's all little people and toys and you never guess what jeff what? some stupid member of the production team left a bit of the script behind about 10 pages of the script he's been sitting on that ever since I know. Oh my God. I knew Tegan and Ace were going to be in this ages before Legends of the Sea Dells trailer drops because unfortunately it had pages with them too in it. <laughs> I may very well have known a little in advance as well. It was, uh, but I, I've got to say. <laughs> but it didn't come it, from you. It was an incredible day. He said it was an incredible day. Oh, uh, and you know what? Because he looks at the CCTV footage afterwards and it, bloody hell, it's long-winded, this filming. I mean, the sequences yeah. are amazing and it's worth the time, but they spent hours and hours shooting these little scenes. Yeah, I can believe it. I can believe it. Because they have to do distant shots, they have to do close-in shots. They are, there's so much that goes into making a TV programme that, f for us, flies by and we go... Oh, that, that, that was pretty straightforward. But no, even the most straightforward scenes are ridiculous. One thing that really struck me was, as I read the script, yeah, that script that was left behind, yeah. I was like, God, some of this dialogue sounds really clunky, like when he's saying Pinky Promisey and things like this. Yeah. And I, watching the episode, I was like, I could see how much the actors bring to yes, a script. yeah. It also, he makes every line sound effortless. I've done a little bit of just messing around writing, really. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a lot easier as well if you can hear and see the specific actor that you're writing for's performance. Mm -hmm. So if I'm writing a third Doctor scene or sentence... Then I hear it in his voice, and if I can hear it in his voice, then I know that I'm I'm along the right lines. So I imagine Chris wrote a lot of this with Jodie's voice, with Sasha's voice, with Mandip's voice in in his ears, almost, you know. Um, but there's like one line when she walks in and she's like bringing all the plot points together, and she's going, "Well, you've got a Quarrix and a Cyber Planet and another." And I was reading out the page, going. How is anyone going to make that sound natural? And then Jodie Whittaker storms in the room, full of charisma and confidence, and she paces the line. You know, she structures the line brilliantly. Yeah. So it all just sounds—it's fluid. It all just comes out fluidly. And I was like, oh, that is some talent. I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I mean, he knows Jodie really well by now. Anyway, I mean, they've worked together for years. Um, so he knows her capabilities probably better than she does um and i wonder if he had to convince her to take this part and say to her i know you can do this um because i think anyone any actor who got offered the job of the doctor would be a little hesitant at first at least to, to... Davidson was wasn't Davidson yeah yeah I love the master's panic at why the Daleks are contacting the Doctor. Yeah, but he knows all along, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a double bluff again. It's 
But you're right. She goes, doesn't she? She says, you know, there's this happening and there's this happening and there's this happening. Is this lots of things happening or is this all one part of one grand scheme? You know, and then she's like, oh, the master's involved. Of course it is then, you know. This man thinks on an epic scale. <laughs> yes, yeah. Contrived. He thinks on a contrived scale. Um, but you know what someone said, right? I saw someone put on Twitter, if you're telling me that the Masters managed to, you know, forge all these deals with the Daleks and the Cybermen and create a cyber planet and lure the Doctor in purely for the reason to dance to Rasputin <laughs> in front of all three of them, he said, well, then that's all the reason that I need. Right? Yeah, that's good enough for me. <laughs> Jeff, the bit where the Dalek and the Cyberman look at each other as if to say, what is going on? <laughs> that made me howl with laughter. Yeah, oh. I've seen a few people say, oh, that was cringy. I'm like, no, just, 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 just relax into the fun of it. Relax I'm into the. Me. It was campus fucking Christmas. I thought I was back in the Graham Williams era. And that's the most important thing, because Doctor Who has always been Camper's Christmas. Oh, of course it has. Of you course know? it has. Um, camp in, in the original sense of the word as well, um, because camp has gone through a few sort of... It's always been camp, but camp wasn't originally what we now think of as camp. It, it, had, a, it had a slightly different intent i think back in like the six late 60s oh, 70s sure. um well i think maybe back then it was a little derogatory now it's yes yeah. yeah campy um but maybe maybe let's tear away camp and put silly dogs who's always been silly no it's, it's always, always been camp silly it's been camp as christmas <laughs> and that is <laughs> and that seems certainly joe i love that bit there where he said to ace and tegan well Where's your auntie Vanessa? Have you built a nice doll's house for her yet? (laughs) This this is the bit where I went, he is exactly where he wants to be. And that's when I started getting really scared for everyone's well-being. Um, I was like... Do do you feel safe now that I'm locked in here with you or something like that? Yeah. But also loved as well how he was throwing out a couple of. I bought Rusty over to punch in the air. He's like, "Oh boys, you know, do you want to come in the cell and get cozy with me and stuff like that?" I was like, "Man, bunk up and, in the bunker." <laughs> and what did he say about um, Ace? He goes about being a cheater person. Well, he goes, "A man's got to experiment." I was like, "Go on!" Like Chibnall is giving him class A dialogue in this, and Dewan's just eating it up. Ah, oh, so you now we've been here a few times as well with the, the doctor and Yaz. With Yaz saying, yeah. "No, you've got to make time to explain what's going on," because I'm just being pushed from pillar to post. Yeah, yeah, it's this. This has been Jodie's doctor. Really, is not wanting to open up, not wanting to share, because she doesn't want to hurt anyone, and she doesn't want to hurt herself. By opening up, because the second you start opening up to people, you give them power over you as well. Um, and yet, Yaz, I don't know, there's something about this relationship. She does open up to her at the end of Legend of the Sea Devils. Yeah. And then at the end of this, I, it is ambiguous. And you know what? When I was watching it, I was like, oh, please lean and kiss her. Now I'm pleased that she didn't because I'm like, no, it's ambiguous. Is she in love with her? She loves being with her. You can read it how you want. Yes, yeah. 
I mean, I think for me, she's cl- they're, they're clearly in love and they clearly both know that that would only lead to something terrible in the end and that they just can't. I said, I said uh, in the podcast last night, another time, another place, another way. Yeah. They would absolutely have got together and lived happily ever after. But it's not this time or this place or this way. I love I'm not skipping right to the end here but you know this thing works it's not always linear the bit where they're sitting on the TARDIS that beautiful scene where they're on the TARDIS having the ice cream and they've literally got the whole world in front of them it's like the whole world of possibilities of their relationship in front of them and they can't have it and then she's got to go and she's got to she's got to die oh it's so sad and it's but it's lovely as well because it is an acknowledgement of how they feel yes yeah yeah it's 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 a very adult a very adult, a very not adult, a very mature way of very dealing mature, yeah. with it. Um, I think we're we're used to having very in-your-face characterization in the new series, and this is done very delicately. Yeah, and right at the end, they just let the tears fly, and and the doctor's even got one tear on her cheek yeah. when she's. Uh, is it, uh, no, it's when she's in the TARDIS. Oh, and Mandip's blubbing her eyes. Oh, my God, yeah. that nearly broke me first. But that's time. the bit that always gets me. Because you know what? I feel like when, when Jodie, uh, when the Doctor says, uh, the, the hand's glowing, and she says, you know what this means, don't you? Mm. I feel like then they look at each other, and that's not the Doctor and Yaz. It's Jodie and Mandip, and Mandip's got tears in her eyes. It's like, yeah, this journey's coming to an end, and we've had the best time. Yeah, yeah. And that that's very real. It's the bit where... Jodie has to compose herself when they're talking on the roof of the TARDIS. And you can see her have to actually have to rein back some very real emotions as as a person. Uh, not as the Doctor, but as Jodie Whittaker. Because she's clearly had an absolute blast. But as well, like, the line where she says... Um... And my hearts are so full. And that's what I think about with this doctor is just spreading love and embracing everybody. I just thought that line was perfect. And what I'm, look, I'm skipped to the end and we've got Cybermen attacking Unit. I know, it's, it's And we've crazy, got Ace yeah. and Tegan with machine guns. I mean, someone's been reading my wish list, Jeff. The <laughs> terrifying Ashad bag. Um... Man, the best Cyberman ever yeah yeah and i do think it's a bit indulgent bringing it back don't get me wrong but man man that performance is so good yeah it really is it really is this bit as well where he comes down the corridor and he's darth vader in the crap out of everyone like i think even in the new series they don't always get the action right i certainly think before jody's time sometimes the action can be a little bit awkward this is muscular this is proper paste explosive you know there's um walls exploding you know it's it's great i love it one of the things i always love about the pertwee era is the amount of orange explosions and things (laughs) like that but it felt very real like like these performers are in real jeopardy of getting clonked um and there's a bit of that in this to be fair the master in prison that's the sea devils yeah yeah uh, all frontier in space. Take we get volcanoes going up later. That's inferno. Well, actually, it, if I say yeah, it, uh, or enemy of the world, 
Um, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> there's so many little ties you can make that just make this quintessential Doctor Who. Jodie going inside the Dalek leans into Asylum of the Daleks with Clara inside. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. The, and the witch is familiar. And we get to see that lovely Dalek mutant back again, which is my favourite Dalek mutant. I'll, I'll brook no argument. <laughs> I love those Dalek mutants. Jeff, I'm a little bit claustrophobic, so the thought of being trapped inside one of those Daleks, like she is in a minute, is absolutely... And the way Jodie just goes, he says, get inside, and she just goes, no. Like that. And then the, the things just come and whip around her. Oh. Great stuff cracking stuff and this is when i got really excited and i was like oh my god it's yaz to the rescue now <laughs> she's incredible in this isn't she she really is um i've seen a lot of criticism of the way that man uh the way that yaz has been written um and a little bit really? of criticism of mandip's performance yeah because they've called her to me she's always been very solid she's been the doctor's rock from day one um, and I think Mandip does it beautifully. Um, Yaz is definitely up there in the higher echelons of my favourite Doctor Who companions. Because she's the longest serving Doctor Who companion now. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's and she's the only, the only one companion. to go from start to finish as well. Yeah, that spanned an entire era. Yeah. Oh, here we go. The Master's Dalek plan. Cheeky shit. <laughs> well, that, that's that's the unofficial name for Frontier in Space and Planet of the Daleks, isn't it? It's. Um, but then does he say what is it? The Cyber Daleks Master. The Cyber plan. Master Dalek <laughs> Plan. Yeah. Uh, oh, and this was brilliant. The way he starts taking the piss out, he goes, "Well, you've got your fam. I've got mine. The Daleks and the Cybermen. You know, and what? What is it? He says the things that." unite us is stronger than the things that divide us and that is exactly the sort of line that Jodie Whittaker would normally say yeah yeah it's really clever yeah, he says that's very you that isn't it what's that he says that line is that's very you that isn't it what unites yeah. us so I think Chibnall is aware of the criticisms of the era and he is tying some of that into this yeah, yeah. Having, having, but then what he does is you've got the master taking the piss out of it, and then the ultimate conclusion that this story draws is the power of the doctor are the friendships she's made along the way, and it's those people that all come together to save her in this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, without without being too twee, it's the friendships that we've made through Doctor Who sometimes that have saved us. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and certainly got us through lockdown. And uh, and there there are people I've spoken to for the first time during lockdown who I consider friends. You know, who who not all of us have even met yet, um, but they're still my mates. And if they need something. I'll be there for it, you know, if I can. <laughs> you know, I met um, Cy and Fraser yeah. through doing the podcast through Doctor Who. They are like my family now, you know. Yeah, they absolutely. I speak to yeah. them every day. They're a massive support in my life. Um, 
I am getting a bit twee. I don't care. This is a ce- celebration of Doctor Who. So let's celebrate what Doctor Who's done but Doctor for Doctor Who yeah. is more than just the TV programme. To, to, to us fans, Doctor Who is... is It's a way of connecting with people who think like we do or feel like we do, and that stops us making making us feel alone. It does, yeah. Jeff, Doctor Who, well, he, he absolutely cringed for me to say this, but I'm going to say it. It brought me my mark, yeah. you know, yeah, and and changed my life profoundly for the better. Yeah. Good. Oh, sorry. I'm I'm getting very uh, twee over the master dancing to Rasputin. <laughs> Do you love the way that the um, chandelier goes all disco? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's amazing. My girl's absolutely popped for this because apparently it's a TikTok trend or something. I don't know. I don't look at TikTok. Um, but they were like. Oh, will he do the dance? Will he do the dance? I was like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and of course, what I mean, if we are doing this, this is leaning into I Can't Decide from Last of the Time Lords, yes. isn't it? Yeah. Now, I'm going to say Chris Chibnall is not above looking at Rusty Davis's time, seeing what worked there and playing about with those ideas again. He does it with the master reveal. Like he did it with the the lighthouse was effectively yeah. the human nature watch, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. He does it with the companions around the TARDIS, the doctor gathering these people who oh, are so that's Journey's end. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's But it, you know what I even I did these glass like, cubicles remind me of um David Tennant, uh, End of Time. Oh, this is absolutely the two booths. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know what? For once, right? For once, it's all okay. Like, one for one, if this was supposed to be the final Doctor episode, then yeah, let's look back at everything that worked and celebrate it. But two, if this is the BBC centenary story and Doctor's been a big part of that, let's celebrate all of it. I don't think you can complain about any of the Easter eggs in this. No, none, none. And I wouldn't um, because you have to look at it this this story has a twofold job it has to celebrate 60 years of doctor who or 59 years of doctor who um uh, and and its moments and its its impact on the bbc and it has to say goodbye to jodie whittaker um and i think it balances it beautifully um I agree. I feel like it it does everything that it needs to do without doing too much. Do you know what else? I think it actually has a third thing as well. I think it gives uh, Sasha Dewan's master his big story because this whole middle section is handed to him and boy, he just runs with it, doesn't it? He's great as, as the doctor master. And Jeff, honest God, he looks so hot in her costume. I knew you were going to say that. Oh, my <laughs> God, he looks beautiful. And he's a bit evil as well. So you I'm know, a straight I, man, man, and I thought, he's pulling that shit off. Yeah, we've got the earring as well, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which but, were but all the things we were talking what? about. When the Doctor regenerates, is the earring going to stay? These were what, These were the questions that people were asking years ago. Um, yes, 
Yes, it is. There you go. <laughs> by all accounts, Sasha Dwan is a, a very quiet, sort of thoughtful, sensitive bloke. Yeah. This is not how he behaves at all. And yet, he gives himself over. There's a bit in the, in the minute in the TARDIS between the Doctor and Yaz where he goes, I am the Doctor! And he's right in her face. And Their there's, nose is touch. I thought they were going to kiss or something. It was just electric. And I was like, bugger me. He is good. And so yeah, there's uh, Mandip stoic in the face of that pure rage as well. Um, they both well, just the nerve them. of him sitting there on that rock, pulling out his little whistle and singing, uh, doing the power of the Daleks tune. And oh, it's, uh, but I so, and I think this is his best showing. And I think he's great yeah. in all of his episodes, yeah. but, but I think Chibnall felt like that he needed to give his master a good section of this and he does i mean who better to again if this was supposed to be the last tv story at least of this run um who better to have in there is than the master it, you know the doctor the doctor's arch nemesis <laughs> i just think he's like he is unpredictable and he is very sinister but he's massively charismatic and sexy as well. And it's just all, it's a rounded performance. To me, I don't really want to pull favourites, but he's my favourite new series master. He's very different from Gomez. He's very different from Sim. I love but... Missy. I love Missy. Um, but I like the master to be the master. Evil. I, I don't mean that in a in a masculine feminine way. I mean, I don't like Mrs. Redemption arc at oh, all. Yeah, I, I rather do like that. I, there's the the master's too far gone. The master <laughs> is too far gone and has done too much too many times for that to have. I mean, I know the Doctor is endlessly forgiving. Um, but but the damage that the master has wrought since their first appearance over the years, I think even the doctor, at their most benevolent, would have difficulty in doing anything. That re but I I don't know I don't know we we all see Doctor Who differently. Like I say, um, I love Missy though. I do love Missy and. I'm Doctor Who is one of my favourite lines in the show ever. So. <laughs> oh, I loved all of this. Again, it's, yeah. it's weird imagery with these bizarre plants sprouting out from it's the planet. It's what Doctor Who should always look like. Doctor Who should be weird, almost cartoon-esque and alien. It should be alien. Um, that, that shot of him there standing outside the TARDIS yeah. is shot in exactly the same way as Missy coming out the TARDIS in the world enough and time. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, he's yeah. standing in the doorway in exactly the same way. Yeah. Oh, so I can nod to that as well. But I, this idea of him now going around the universe and perverting the Doctor's name and turning planets on each other, and it's very kind of... Um, simply but vividly depicted with two worlds clearly firing missiles at each other so i think that's kind of letting the kids know in a very kind of powerful visual this yeah. is what he's going to do if he's yeah. allowed to get away with this yeah 
I love his choice of costume as well. <laughs> and I, oh, I just love it when you suddenly... It's all noise and all pace. And then suddenly you get a quiet moment like this where he's playing the, the, yeah. the penny whistle. With just the lights playing across the surface. Now, did you know any of this was coming with the old nope. doctors? Not a clue. I was in floods of tears by a, a suit. This shot where we're looking down, and then you see the first doctor, and I knew that was the first doctor immediately. Uh, I didn't need. No, I just thought up. maybe it would be him, just him. And then as they started, yeah, I did, yeah. my favourite when Colin came out, I was screaming my head off. <laughs> oh my word! And this is very. I like that this is a sort of visual metaphor for what it is like to regenerate. Yes. Yeah. This barren wasteland, the, the telegraph poles connecting all of the, the wires. It's like the web of time. Um, yeah. Early McGann always going on about the web of time. Um, Do you know what this feels like? This, the doctor inside her own head talking to previous versions of herself within a metaphor. This feels like the new adventures. Yes, and it also feels like the Eleven. You can now understand how the Eleven from Big Finish operates. And Just how... like this, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Paul McGann looks resplendent, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, yeah. And do you know what? There's just not enough Paul McGann on the TV, so there'll never be enough, you know? <laughs> Don't you do <laughs> You love Sylvester McCoy rolling his eyes when he says, oh, there's always one, isn't there? <laughs> I love that she's wearing the dark coat as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he kind of says, doesn't he? Like it's this is this is um, it's a visual metaphor that's been conjured up, but actually this isn't what it is. It's yeah. just how you're perceiving it to be now. So, so all those people at home going, oh well, you know, I didn't envisage it as a, a chasm with a telegraph pole. Well, no, it's just what she's a brain making sense of what's happening. Yes, you know? yeah. Oh, Colin, I love you so much. Yeah. The fact that Colin Baker is back on Doctor Who, <laughs> that's my world. It says a lot for him as well that he was happy to come back. I mean, we knew, we've known for years that he would always come back if he was invited, but I yeah. think that says a lot for him, given, given his history um, in the show. It was about bloody time. And this is, this is the first time, really, that Paul McGann's been in the... The TV show since '96, but that's not the TV show. That was a one-off oh, yeah. made-for-TV movie in America. Ever? This is his first time ever in the show. This is really other than other than pictures. This mm. is the first time Paul McGann's actually been in proper Doctor Who. Now I love the TV movie. Um, me too. It took me a long time to learn to love the TV movie um, because when I was 18 and it came out I did not love the TV movie um, but I was I wasn't in the right place to be receptive to the TV movie at the time um, for me you know that empty chair around the companion anonymous scene with the laptop on it that's Dr Grace Holloway beaming in there saying, hello everybody I want to share my stories about the doctor if uh, if Jackie Lane uh, was still with us, it would have been a Zoom meeting with Dodo, Polly, Grace. All of them. 
Yeah. It could be that's the point of that chair, isn't it? Is Live, it could be Tanya. whoever you want it to be. And it's us as well. Yeah. It's us. It's 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 a laptop looking into this meeting, looking into the world of Doctor Who and the Doctor Who companions, which is what we've done from day one. Well, I've sat around in a circle with a load of Doctor Who actors like that in a convention as well, do you know? <sighs> Ian. Going back to the doctors quickly, right? I do think they all acquit themselves brilliantly in this, yes. yeah. But I'm going to say something that's going to stun you and listeners rigid, because okay. I'm, I'm very often quite critical of Sylvester McCoy and his acting. I thought he was, he gave the best performance out of all of them, and the the sequence where he gets to talk to Ace and talks about um, letting your children fly. And it's leaning into that sort of brooding presence, McCoy, yeah, that you get in Ghost yeah, and stories yeah. like that. And I was just like, fuck me. I wish I could have had a few more seasons of him like this. Oh, I have an, an on-off relationship with Sylvester McCoy's Doctor. Um, not because of Sylv. I love Sylv to pieces. I think he's great. Um, but because of the way Colin Baker was treated... Um, and that put me on the wrong foot with the seventh doctor that I never quite managed to sync yeah. up with him. Um, I used to just yeah, think he was he, a terrible he owns doctor. It in this. Now I think he's wonderful. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah, he's a bit of a git. Um, yeah. And he's also the one that I'm absolutely 100% convinced has at least some recollection of the timeless child. He is, the, he is the one Doctor that I think at, in, at some level knew, and that's why he goes around doing all this unfinished business. Well, he's the one Doctor that remembered all that stuff back in Remembrance, wasn't it, about Omega and the Hand of Omega and all yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, now, look, this bit here, right, where, where he gives Tegan this long speech about husbands and I've seen off this and that, a building full of Cybermen, that's easy. What's the plan? But the line where she says, I was an air hostess in the 80s. <laughs> that is wonderful. Uh, no, don't get me wrong. I think that is it's a bit of a dodgy speech. But that line is bang on. <laughs> I love it because Tegan... At the time Chris Chibnall was growing up, would have been a very dominant and strong force within Doctor Who for the first time really seeing the com a female companion being that feisty that yeah. that um critical of the doctor um it was quite unusual she always made me feel like I was being told off by an older sister <laughs> you know I don't have an older sister but Tegan was as a kid. Well, is it Janet Fielder says she's Lucy from Peanuts? Isn't yes, she? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, she. Uh, and you know, we haven't really talked enough about the two of them in this, but I just think he uses them both. Like Ace is jumping off a building with a baseball bat in her rucksack, you know, being shot at by a Cyberman. Tegan is a stroppy mare who's going to let everybody know she's pissed off, but she's still going to do her best. I mean, he characterizes them both excellently. As a child of the 80s, it's such a deep well of nostalgia for me. It's, it's two very impactful companions who had presence and force and um, made themselves noticed, you know, um, and made themselves loved as well. 
uh, I think is the important thing. I probably connect a little more with Tegan than I did Ace because I was a bit younger. Um, and so she was more impactful on me. And because I was still on the wrong foot with McCoy, um, even when it, by the time Ace came along, I was still a bit... Hmm. Luckily, I've been able to go back and re-watch all of McCoy many, many, many times. And it, now I just get nostalgia for being a kid again. Um, and when I was for... watching this, I initially thought that... Um... Uh, Sophie Aldred, Ace, was getting all the best material. And I was like, you know, because she's she beats up the dialect with a baseball bat. You know, she's flirting with Graham and all of this. And I, and I think she gets sort of the more thoughtful moments. And initially I was like, oh, Janet Fielding's not acted for a while, is she? You know, like she doesn't... But I don't know, there's just... There is just something about Janet Fielding's attitude that transcends from the 80s to now. Yeah, <laughs> and just, yeah. I'm, I'll say it again. And yes, I would like to go into the TARDIS. It's one of my favourite. <laughs> That's so big. She is really good at this. Um, and it's just so nice to see her back because, yeah, she was she was companion for a long time when I was watching as a kid. Um, and her departure was kind of like, I never thought she'd go. She was, she was the 80s kid, Sarah Jane to a point because she was there for so long and she she kind of spanned two doctors not quite as much as sarah did but <laughs> you know it's oh here oh. we go this is the bit with her and peter davis and and i i think the ai interface thing was such a brilliant idea it it gave us a chance to have these this is properly kissing the past mm. And she gets to say as well, I missed you. And he says, I missed you too. So all that bluster falls away. And that's how they really feel about each other. They yeah, love each other. Yeah. They can't stand each other. Tegan wouldn't have stayed with the Doctor for as long as she did if she didn't love him. Uh, and he wouldn't have put up with her for as long as he did if he didn't love her. It's, But it's not. it's not romance love. It's deeper than that. It's the love that you have for your own flesh and blood. Yeah. And yeah, I I really I think I think I felt it here more than I did back in the eighties. But I yeah. think what I can feel is that the friendship that's developed between Pete Davison and Janet Fielding. Yeah. Back then they worked together for three years, but they've done all these big finishes together now. All that rapport is, that they've built up. It's astonishing. You listen to those commentaries they do together and the the chemistry between the two of them. Yeah. So them yeah. saying you know, that there in that scene, it's more about the actors than it is yes, about the Yes, of characters. course. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But celebrate got... that as well. Yeah, celebrate why the not? Because, because it's all true. Uh, um, Doctor Who fans have to know everything about everyone, on screen, off screen, you know. We, we know how these people are together in real life. Even Jodie and Mandy, we know that they're best buds. They've, they've built this rapport between them. Um, it's... I'm, I'm glad that Ace says to to the Doctor there, oh, it's all right for me to blow up stuff when you want me to, but you tell me <laughs> off otherwise. I've, I've always thought that. No one's ever said it. I've always thought it. These two really do just slip back into it, don't they? I mean, they have pretty much been playing uh, opposite each other 
since they went off air because yeah. the big finish ones big and they've been doing big finish now for 20 odd years you know yeah, yeah. so this is a you know a well-honed relationship but i was just astonished by mccoy's sort of gravitas here I felt like the centuries weighing on him as he's talking about letting his companions fly. He, I mean, it wasn't the start of his career, but it was the start of his straight acting career was uh, the Doctor. And he is still very clearly an actor that is finding his feet at times um, in his original oh, run. Yeah, of course. I agree with that entirely. Whereas now he's he's much more established. He's done blockbuster movies for Pete Jackson, for Christ's sake. It's, you know, he's... he's. You give him a scene now and he knows how to play it. Yeah. yeah, back, yeah. But, but you know what was exciting about him back in the 80s? I didn't really recognise it at the time because there are moments where I feel he goes over a cliff and the mm. acting not great but it's kind of now i think it's kind of dangerous acting because yeah. when it lands it's amazing yeah yeah you yeah, never yeah. Really know what you're going to get with mccoy he's very unpredictable um in his oh. responses uh, and you know, the way that he emotes it, those um, responses we all have a universe of our own terrors to face when it lands it lands yeah yeah unfortunately when it doesn't land it's the beginning to beginnings to forces only good and evil, you know. So, dear God. <laughs> oh, do you know, I was convinced Kate Stewart was going to be sacrificing this, you know. Yes. Yeah. Which, um, I, I, and to be fair, she does a cracking job of looking absolutely petrified through this bit. That's the most emotion I've ever seen her play the role with. Yeah. And the bit where she's in the chair and, and she's screaming her head off, I was like, woohoo, this is the best material Kate Stewart has had. She clearly had fun doing this, didn't she? Yeah. Um, I think they all did because they all saw it as the celebration that it is. They all saw it as um, a last hurrah in some ways. And it might have been. Because it may very well... Well, not only might it have been, but none of none of them are getting any younger, and certainly not where the doctors are concerned. This probably is the last time we will ever see them on screen being the Doctor. Yeah, there's a good a good chance, and that's heartbreaking to say. And it's it's really sad that Tom wasn't available, um, especially as he's. Definitely beginning to look his age now. Yeah. More so than he ever has done before. Um, <laughs> Don't you laugh, though, the fact they barely acknowledge the fact that they're really old? Like, there's a line that Tegan says, I think, and he goes, well, you can talk, and that's enough, you know? But but then look at Pat Troughton in uh, The Two Doctors, especially, where, to be fair, he's very... He doesn't do a lot of moving around in that story. He is he's on the bed, he's in the wheelchair. It's only really in the last episode where he's going off to eat. Um the, But it's it, like you've got like yeah, you know, you've got the line of like, oh, it's an interpretation of those doctors that's been conjured up. Mm -hmm. So so that's why they're not quite right. But more importantly, who gives a shit? Colin Baker, Paul McGann, Peter Davison and Sylvester McKay are back in Doctor Who. You know. 
that's, and that's, that's the point. Made. That was <laughs> the point, and that was why people were so vexed with Day of the Doctor. Now, we here's that bit that we don't really get an explanation for that I have a headcanon for. Was Tegan falling down that shaft yeah. and then just walking out with a bit of a sprained wrist at the end? How did she survive? Yeah, I was wondering that. Well, have you read <laughs> the novelisation of uh, Resurrection of the Daleks by Eric Sayward? No, go on. So you haven't read the, the epilogue at the end no. of that? Is she a superwoman or something? Oh, God. <laughs> it's, um... <laughs> now, I'll admit, when I first read that, I was like, oh, what is this? Oh, what is... I'm, 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 tell you what, if we ever meet up, you can have my copy because I, don't, okay. I really don't need it. <laughs> I hear it's pretty terrible. It, it, revelation is better. <laughs> um, but, oh. but uh, yeah, so Tegan, Tegan somehow discovers that she has superpowers <laughs> to a degree. Um, she can oh, yeah. at least leap a tall building in a single bound. And <laughs> it... It's so bizarre. But now, it kind of makes sense. That's how she survives the fall down the lift. Well, I'm glad it happened for a reason. It wasn't just a bizarre quirk from the diseased mind of Eric's award. And we get Joe Martin back here. Yeah, we wouldn't. I think we had to have the roof doctor back. Yes, we did. Yeah. Um, She gets to be very cool with all those sidemen shooting themselves through her. I love his absolute panic that he doesn't recognise this doctor at all. This is a doctor that he has no knowledge of, which means either one of two things. He's failed or he doesn't know everything. Yeah. He's he's got this perfectly structured plan and then there's this unpredictable element. He's like, what the hell, you know? And then there's Vinda coming out as well. People, People question Vinda's point. My wife did um, Vinda's point in this story, and that just there is Vinda's point. He's the only one out of all of the people that know the Doctor that, that was isn't brilliant. as attached to the point that he can actually pull the trigger. Um, there's there's, no... I love the fact they use the Cybermen as well, the, the Cyber Lords, as like, okay, we've got to do this now, they're coming. Yeah. You know, so, that, so, that, so it's urgent. I was going, and may I say that both Sasha Dewan and Jodie Whittaker look absolutely marvellous in Sylvester McCoy's question mark jumper. <laughs> that, <laughs> of all the kisses to the past, that was probably my favourite. Yes, yeah. They really both do pull that off, don't they? And it's nice seeing fucking it jumper. <laughs> I, I love the question marks. Uh, I'm an 80s kid. I, I, was, I was meant to love the question marks, you know? Um... It could only have been made better had Colin Baker's coat been over the top of it. But no, they wouldn't even go that far, I don't think. No. I'd love Colin's coat. I, I, I have grown to love Colin's coat. I love <laughs> I can't it. I imagine him without it now. Oh, she's back. So she has been out of, sort of out of the story, apart from those dream sequences, for about 20 minutes. Yes, but her presence hasn't. And that's 
that's very well, that's, telling, I think. I, I think it's it's supposed to be a bit like Christmas Invasion, because everything goes to shit, and the master's like, right, get the volcanoes going, you know, yeah, do this. Yeah. And she's suddenly got, like, five things she's got to sort out, and she's there at the TARDIS going, there must be a way of doing all of this in one go. And yeah. then she has this big smile on her face, and she's like, right, here's what I'm going to do. And it just shows you how, you know, she is, she's our heroine. Yeah. She really is. I mean, Jesus Christ, Jeff. She manages to turn entire exploding volcanoes into steel. So clever. So I mean, good. Technically, that could also be the power of the Doctor, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Turning molten lava into steel. <laughs> she goes, we've got a lot to do. Come on. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, Kate Stewart now. And that was, I mean, um, my good friend Lucy McCall has done, she really likes Kate yeah, Stewart. And yeah. she says in her voice note that I listened to earlier that she really welled up at the thought of Kate offering her life, you yes, know, for, yeah. for, the, for the people under her command. And it is a really nice moment because it's exactly what the Brigadier would do. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she is her father's daughter. She doesn't maybe have the same charisma as her father but she has the same heart uh, and but, that's all that really matters you know what i love was the fact that then she gets it's a triple whammy of great moments she gets the bit where the doctor goes do you want to come inside and she's just like yeah, yeah. Me? and then she gets the line and she whatever all the and she goes how is it bigger on the inside than the out and then she gets that wonderful line at the end where she goes you know what uh, I might want to do a bit of recruiting when yes. all this is over. Yeah. And I'm like, why has she always written like this? I don't want to, I'm not going to shit all over Moffat. But no. he used to write her in like big speeches going, I'm Kate Stewart. My father was Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart. I'm defending the earth. And that's just, I don't know anyone who talks like that, you know? Whereas here she's been written with a bit of charm and a bit of humour. Yes. Yeah. Um, personality. <laughs> Personally, well, she goes to the doctors, doesn't she? Just before she's about to see Ace and Tegan, she goes, Look, I brought some people in, all right? Don't start, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> uh, no, I think this is Kate's finest hour. Uh, in fact, there, there's not a duff piece of this jigsaw puzzle in this story that everything fits exactly how it was supposed to at its absolute pinnacle as well. I've, well, I've got a question for you then, because I certainly think this is Dewan's finest hour. Definitely Kate Stewart's. Definitely Yaz's as well. I think Yaz, yeah. when she does that case of Androzani thing of carrying the Doctor back to the TARDIS in slow motion, I just thought, man, you're the best. Um, is this Jodie Whittaker's finest hour? That's a biggie. That's a big question. She has been... Actually, one of the most consistent doctors in she was kind of fully formed, don't you think? Yes, in... yeah, from, from day from one, that. pretty much. Yeah, um, she, she knew her doctor, um, which is important for the actor coming into it. You need to know who your doctor is, who they're going to be, how they're going to react to any given situation. Is it her finest hour? I think her regeneration scene is. Oh, I think the last five minutes. Yeah. It's yeah. Fine hour. And I wouldn't say that about any of the other doctors. Do you know, I don't think they're I, uh, maybe Eccleston and he's the only other doctor that goes out on a smile, you know? 
yes embracing the future you've got tenant who's railing at the universe and is a terrible grump you've got matt smith what happens with him oh he's kind of going he's got sort of got the weight of the age he he he, he's a bit oh i don't want to say wishy-washy um about his regeneration because it is a lovely lovely but it's it is nice it but is it's sort of sentimental it? <laughs> it's... and capaldi's going on about avocado pears in the longest speech known to mankind i don't like about his regeneration mark said to me this was his favorite regeneration of the new series just because it was so beautiful and so uplifting i'll go one further this is now my favorite regeneration I, I think it's certainly one of the best. Um, up to now, it might have been Davison's. That's a good Because well. that was an impactful one for me as a kid. Um, I feel like Sylvester McCoy and a Harpo Marks wig is pretty impressive when Colin <sighs> Baker turned into Sylvester McCoy. <laughs> you see, they just they just doomed it for me from the get-go. Because uh, even, uh, as, even as a kid, I knew that Colin wasn't there, there you know yeah. um well he's half the size of him that's why <laughs> exactly yeah <clears throat> maybe maybe all that carrot juice and exercise biking had uh paid off <laughs> but you know i i would probably go as far as to say i think jodie whisker's best performance is in the vanquishers where she gets to play three versions yes of the yeah, yeah 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 she is that's, very that's like that's like the distilled jodie performance yes but I think she's got some of her best individual scenes in this story. She she has so many perfect Doctor moments for me, which is why, you know, I've been thinking about this. I don't like picking a favourite Doctor um, because yeah. so many of them mean so much to me for so many different reasons. But if I wanted to pick the one, and this is a conversation me and my dad had years ago, and he said his favourite Doctor was Peter Davison because he was the one that he felt embodied the spirit and the heart and the character of the Doctor in the most purest form. Mm -hmm. For me, that's Jodie Whittaker. She is probably now my quintessential Doctor. Um... I, I think I kind of agree with you, but I feel like she showed new sides to the Doctor that I'd never seen before. Yes. And that's what I love about her. And that definitely, it was that. And, you know, all the NMDs going to say it's the woke part of her nature. But, like, the embracing everybody, celebrating life. At the end of this story, I, I love the fact that her final act is one of kindness, of letting the quarrings go yeah. and saying, I've never seen anything like you out there and I want to see more of the universe because yeah. of things like you. And it leans into that moment in It Takes You Away where she kisses to the frog and yes, says, you know, yes, yes. beautiful. And I've never seen anything. <clears throat> and that's what her Doctor's all about, just sort of embracing all of it. But that's you know? the very essence of the Doctor. That That's why the Doctor is out there doing this, because they want to see it all. And there's always new things to surprise them and to spur them on to do more and to right those wrongs, as she says in her very first episode. Um... And I just There's just something very... What's the right word? There is something very... I don't want to say likeable, 
because that's not a strong enough word something effervescent and you know sparkling about Jodie Whittaker that if you channel that kind of outlook through that sort of actress yes yeah that the result it's just like it's like a glass of lemonade on a sunny day do you know what I mean Yeah. yeah absolutely I do okay so We've established it's many people's finest hour. Mm-hmm. Is it Chris Chibnall's finest hour? Do you know what? I think it is. And I feel like he put in 150% into this script. Yes. I feel like it probably went through the ringer and it was rewritten a lot until he was perfectly happy with it. It's got all of the elements of what he does. It's got an enormous cast. It's got about 15 plots running um it's got a ton of exposition and say what you will he does put in a lot of exposition um but it's like it's like refined chris chibnall this yes yeah it's it's Um, pure chris chibnall um but as well he's like he knows he's got the budget to play with so his set pieces are more impressive than ever he knows it's everybody's last this and that so he's got to give them moments to shine he knows he's celebrating the past so he's got to honor that and give those characters moments that you know are nostalgic um he feels it full of big ideas so the um the designers can do their best work Yes, I I think this is probably Chris Chibnall's best script. What do you think? Yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. It is. Oh, oh, I don't like it. <laughs> Jodie's just got battered. I don't like it. Oh, it's horrible, isn't it? And she really flies into the yeah, air. Yeah, yeah. Oh. oh. But I was really getting strong case of Andrasani vibes here. Yes, this yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's the companion carrying the Doctor. It's amazing. But with the whole world falling apart around them, it's, like you say, visually, this is something else. This is next mm. level. But yeah, I think, I think Chris Chibnall, much like Stephen Moffat did with season 10, he went out on a high for me. Um, I think if Chris, if, if Moffat had gone out on World Enough of Time and the Doctor Falls, that would, would have been perfect. Yeah, his best yeah. script. Yeah, I think yeah. it's his best script of his era. Unfortunately, um, he went out on Twice Upon a Time, and well, never mind. But this, this is, uh, and I've loved all of Chris's stories. Um, I, I don't have the same complaints that it seems like a lot of people do. I, I, I click with his writing because. I feel he sees Doctor Who in a very similar way to how I see Doctor Who. Um, And there are parallels that I can draw with my own opinions of Doctor Who, with what he's done with Doctor Who. Um, So I've loved everything. There isn't a story that I wouldn't just gleefully stick on and watch and enjoy and just get so much pleasure out of but this is this is the the absolute pinnacle of his yeah. doctor who I, I think this is like next level stuff yeah thing. yeah yeah he's he's like he's, he this had a heap of expectation and i haven't really heard 
too much Chris I've had some but compared to what he normally gets this has been extremely well received and by the critics as well in in the newspapers and things like that this has been really well received and I've heard some people you know podcastings like that going my god you know where was this in the rest of his era you know this was amazing so I do I do think this is sort of but it was always there and that's the thing i've always been able to see what he's done here throughout his era um jeff oh my word this is that scene where mandip's crying her eyes out and do you know what this could have been agonizing and it's so sad where would you choose and which flavor ice cream <laughs> oh it's beautiful Look, she's barely holding it together, Mandy. Yeah. Yeah. And she's I don't know why. A... That, that shot of her touching the Doctor's arm. I... Yeah. It's, it's really nice. I hate Peter Capaldi sitting on top of the TARDIS roof in Listen. I hate it because it's done in a very disingenuous way for me. And he's well, breaking sinister. the fourth wall. Um, yeah. which I don't mind fourth wall breaks Deadpool I love um, but in Doctor Who this is perfect <laughs> so yeah. I may be a hypocrite but um, I think I, I think the, when, what's his name Rory's dad Brian sitting yes just sitting dangling his I love that yeah but yeah but you know what? Now all the bangs and whistles are done, yeah? And we've had all the kisses to the past and we've had all the fun and excitement and drama and explosions and all of that. And actually, this is what this is about. Yes, it's their yes. relationship, what they mean to each other, kind of what they can't have, which is very sad, but an acknowledgement of how much they love each other. Mandit's reaction, or Yaz's reaction, my hearts are so full of love for all of you. And that's where she realises that as much as she loves the Doctor, the Doctor does love her in the same way, but she also loves so many other people and she's had so many other lives and so many other adventures. Um, for Yaz, there will only ever be one Doctor. For the Doctor, there's a thousand Yazes. Not to diminish Yaz as a no, person, but that's that elevates her into a very elite crowd of people. Um, I think the, the the complexity of Mandit Gill's performance in those two scenes. There's a bit right where she's crying, and then she goes like she breathes out like that. Yeah. When I'm overcome with emotion, that's exactly how I. Yeah. It, it's a sort of level of realistic emotion. Yeah don't really see it. I think so. it was real emotion though. And I think I think when Jodie's getting choked up, I think that's very real emotion. Um and do you know what we needed after that, you know, sort of heartbreak of those two scenes is Bradley Walsh and uh John Bishop <laughs> coming along fighting over a map. And and this what I loved about this was it really shows that Chibnall did build an impressive cast of characters yes. in his time. Yeah. And these three together, I was like, I want to see where they're going next, these three. You know? <laughs> like, what I, I also love there is the TARDIS 
which Yaz has been piloting and, and in control of for most of the story, takes Yaz to where she needs to be. Yeah. Rather I'll, than taking the doctor. I'm not sure I can handle this thing with all the companions together. Do you know what what chipped me off first is I could hear Katie Manning's laugh. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. she's got a really deep laugh. And yeah. <laughs> but can I just say the just the sheer joy of William Russell being in this scene now I, you know and I know he's not going to be with us too much longer mm. and the fact that he managed to make it into this episode all these years later it's delightful look at them and Bonnie Langford oh Bonnie how wonderful and so yeah so you know and the, the, they're doing years. this while the doctor's going off to regenerate as well that oof. you're right you want a hug yeah, let's have a hug. Um... <laughs> you want a fag, did you say? <laughs> oh, I could do with that. <laughs> um, but what I love as well is that Yaz is really upset and they say to Yaz, you know, you're all right. And that she's been left in the hands of people that are going to support her and help her. And that's a wonderful ending for a companion. And I've, I've heard this idea mooted before about companions coming together and sharing stories. I never thought I'd see it on screen. No, no. It's, it's, it's almost fan fiction-esque and you can call it fan service or fan wank or whatever you want to call it. But it's bloody beautiful. And the way it makes me feel is very real. Uh, how can you not feel something? Watch it. If you're a fan of this show, you're seeing characters from the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and New Who all together. Yeah. It's lovely. I would have quite liked to have seen a couple of characters from Rusty Davis and Moffat's time as well. I think it's been said that they were deliberately not included um, because of what's coming up in the 60th. And oh, I think that's going to be more of a modern era celebration. That's fair enough. Oh, my word. Here we go. And I can't think of a more perfect last line than Doctor Whoever You're About to Be. Tag, you're I love I love the prism in the regeneration effect as well. I wanted her to have a rainbow regeneration effect, and they've almost done it, and I love it. <laughs> and that there, that electricity sort of, powering out of her on the clifftop it would have been a great place to lead the show i would have i, I yeah, would have been satisfied yeah. you, with could, it. you could cut it there and that's it you, you... and you know what i'm going to tell you something now rusty davis is my favorite producer of doctor who and david tennant is probably my favorite doctor and this was the one point of the episode where i didn't actually feel much where i was going oh i've been here before yeah yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. retreading old ground. Um, Don't get me wrong. I do, me, me, me and Nikki did absolutely wet ourselves up. I know these teeth. Yeah. And uh, and do you know what? I feel like he looks better than ever. And it's Rusty Davies. Whatever's coming is going to be pretty spectacular. Yes, and deliberate. Um, but again, it, it's an anniversary celebration. And... I get, I get why they've bought David Tennant back, and if, like you say, 
this was very possibly going to be Doctor Who's last gasp, um, then it makes sense that to ensure it goes on a little bit longer, um, yeah, David Tennant, it makes sense. He's this generation's Tom Baker. Um, yeah. if, if If survival had been given and wasn't the last the last chance um of of classic who and if tom baker had turned up at the end of that if silver regenerated into a slightly older tom baker people would have gone yampy for it they'd have gone nuts um so yeah i i get what they're doing and i don't see it as cynical and i don't see it I what it is 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 making sure doctor who is still there for us all Yes. Yeah. And I don't think it's any kind of criticism on what's been as, you know, what has just been as well. I'm going to throw a figure at you right now. Okay. That should any of the NMDs be listening to this last year, Doctor Who raked in 1.8 billion for the BBC. Yeah, yeah. I can believe it. Okay, and a unsuccessful arm of the of this franchise would not be bringing in that amount of money. At the end like, of Jodie Whittaker's era, that it's still bringing in that amount of money is um. Well, and what's astonishing as well is the speculation around this. I can't think of an episode where I heard. Saw so many podcasts about you know what's going to happen in Power of the Doctor, how is she going to go out, what's going to happen to yeah, da, da, da. it's still in the zeitgeist. It might be in the in these sort of big event episodes, but it's still there. Is has Doctor Who now reached the point? I, I mean, and I think I think it did quite a while ago. Reached the point of. <sighs> When you think of this country, you think of certain things. You think of Big Ben. You think of red telephone boxes. You think of the double-decker buses in London. You think of the Beatles. You think of Doctor Who. Yeah. You, you know, do. is it our biggest export? I, oh, I think for sure, yes. In terms of, um, in terms of like, Cult, uh, pop culture and, and television for sure yes yeah i mean they had it strictly come dancing on this week and the fella came dancing out of the tardis to the doctor yes. yeah. you know and, and, um they did the, it with uh, uh what's her face as well um stacy dooley her dancer yeah. dressed as jodie whittaker um the theme tune was played during the opening ceremony of the olympics yes yeah, yeah. And, and Delia Derbyshire herself, who realised that original version of the theme tune, is a pioneer in electronic music that, that everyone doffs their hat to. And she was growing up just down the road from me, literally 15-minute walk from my house. Amazing. I went to the Blue Plaque unveiling for her, you know? It was... Um, and there weren't many Doctor Who people there, it was people. It was people into music, who were there, for it, which is amazing. Oh, you know, incredible. Well, look, Jeff, you and I now have the task ahead of us. Of I don't know if this format was in last time you did this, you know, but it mm -hmm. is in now. Um, where we have to detail three reasons a piece 
So you start, I'll do one, and then back to you, and then back to me again. Okay. Of, as to why we would recommend The Power of the Doctor to anybody who might be listening to us right now. I mean, I feel like we've just done that pretty well for the last two hours. I, I think we kind of have. But... Here's the summation of our thoughts. I'm okay. going to pick the obvious one first, um, which is going to irritate you because I'll probably pick option one for you as well, is if you want to understand what Doctor Who is, this episode is Doctor Who in crystal clarity. There you go. Okay, well then my first is going to be uh, Sasha Dewan's incredible performance. That was going to be my second. <laughs> uh one of my favorite master performances uh, like a just a lovely lovely bloke but yeah. like effortlessly talented he's asked to do a lot in this he's asked to to play sinister to play camp to play crazy and he's given wonderful dialogue and he's just he every time he was on the screen i wasn't looking at anyone else i was on duan yeah and he's beautiful as well um back to you okay um if you want to understand what the relationship is between a doctor and a companion and how it endures, you will find no better example than Jodie Whittaker and Mandip Gill as the Doctor and Yaz sitting on the roof of the TARDIS having that conversation. Oh, it's gorgeous, isn't it? And in fact, you know what? It's, it's as much about those two actresses as it is about their characters, this, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes. Yeah. It's as much as a celebration. There's a lot of honesty in there um, yeah. that, that that gives it even more depth and heart. Okay, then I am going to say the incredible amount of Easter eggs that are in this story. <laughs> and I still don't think I've unearthed them all. And someone out there is going to write a bloody book of how, how many references to the past there is in The Power of the Doctor. Uh, but every single one, it's... I feel it's justified because of the nature of this episode. Yeah. Um, but like you say, it just gives you that nostalgic love. Like, like it reinforces how much you love this show. Yes. Yeah. During all yeah. those moments, you know? Okay. One more then. All right. I wouldn't be me if I didn't say it looks absolutely <laughs> stunning. If you want to see Doctor Who, looking its very best then look no further um apart from maybe the ghost monument <laughs> oh, oh yes well they weren't in south africa this time were they no no and my very last thing is going to be the regeneration and i agree with you and i agree with mark i do think it's one of the best from the new series and from the entire run and i think it's really refreshing to not go out it's it's tragic as in things are coming to an end yes. but it's really optimistic for the future and that's jodie whittaker's doctor is yes. like what's coming bring it on you know i i've i've been pretty depressed this year um and part of it in fact probably a big part of it was knowing that jodie whittaker was regenerating and going and I've put so much of myself, I've attached so much of myself and my problems to her doctor, and that's helped me through. Um, 
but that was exactly what I wanted it to be. Uh, and it meant I could say goodbye to her and not want to hide in a hole. In fact, it's done the opposite. It's brought me out of that hole again and it's made me optimistic again. Um, and saying goodbye to someone like that, it, it feels like a very anti this this isn't this isn't how it should have been i should have been miserable and morose and depressed for years to come um but what it's actually done is made me really happy that she went out with a smile on her face with acceptance and with grace so that's wonderful how wonderful um can i just say one little extra one addendum go on then uh, well, it's your show. You can do what you want. <laughs> I've already, I've already said it twice. But and yes, I would like to go into the TARDIS. It's one of my favourite line readings in all of them. <laughs> She's great, isn't she? Sloppy bitch that she is. I love her. Oh my god, it's hilarious. Jeff, that was a phenomenal. Thank you very much. That was such no, a thank lovely... you. Thanks, thanks for picking me if, if you've had that many people want to do this um i'm no very flattered that you there was me. no one else well i'm hoping our journey doesn't end here and that you're going to oh, come no. back to this thing for future appearances oh yeah i think we should go way back at some point as well, well you... I, feel, I feel like we should cover another classic and i've still got some absolute banging jodies to go i've still got to do rosa really i haven't done rosa no Wow. I know. Talk about a classic. I just thought people would have snapped that up. No, I haven't done Punjab either. And that's my personal favourite of this era. Really? Mm. I'm quite surprised by that because I think they're two of the more well-received Jodie Whittaker stories, aren't they? People uh, have snapped up Arachnids in the UK. and <laughs> That was Nathan, <laughs> wasn't it? 55. Pete, Pete yeah. <laughs> well, that was inevitable. Everyone had to make way for Pete for that one. Um, to be yeah. fair, no one's gone for the Battle of Ranskorav Kolos either. So, <laughs> which I don't hate as a story. So, if I you ever know. want someone to champion that one, consider me. Well, look, we'll talk. All right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> we will talk. But a massive thank you. Thank you. My heart to you as well, because as ever. You're brilliant. You allow yourself to be utterly vulnerable and open on this thing, and I just love it. So thank you very much. You're more than welcome, and thank you for having me and for all the times that you've had me on here now. It's always a pleasure to come and talk to you and be a little part of the Ham Fam. Oh, I'll tell you what, it's ever-expanding. And mentioning the Ham Fam, uh, I will be placing at the end of this recording um, seven or eight audio clips of the ham fam and with their own reasons as to why and everyone pay particular attention to lucy mccall's last line all right because the filthiest thing you've ever heard on this thing all right <laughs> <laughs> jeff thank you very much i'm just gonna say to you until next time until next time i think if you were to sit down and set yourself the challenge of trying to distill 60 years of Doctor Who into a 90-minute drama, you would be very hard-pushed not to write Power of the Doctor. 
I mean, it had absolutely everything from the last 60 years. And I don't just mean the the companions, the past doctors and everything like that. It had the drama, it had the silliness, it had tradition, it had absolutely everything you could possibly want. And then on top of that, it had the Daleks turning to the Cybermen with the unspoken line of dialogue, well, he's not with me. That loony dancing to Ra Ra Rasputin. I mean, really, you know, I cannot think of any other show that could do all of that in 90 minutes and still be completely and utterly faithful to the concept and the heart of the series. Hello, gents. Uh, Lucy here, giving you my update on how I felt about the power of the Doctor. And my main feeling um, last night was absolute joy. I really, really enjoyed watching it. Um, I had one of those evenings where critical faculties just get suspended and I'm just going to go with it and watch it and and hopefully love it, and I did. Um, I loved seeing the old familiar faces back again and the devices that were used to bring them back were really well done, I thought. Um, I haven't seen a lot of Sasha Dewan's master before, but I enjoyed his performance. Um, I know that Kate is not a universally popular uh, figure with the ham fam, but um, this time she was brave and brilliant, and I still haven't quite recovered from how she decided to give herself up and nearly got turned into a cyber person. Um, I haven't been this emotionally engaged with a um, companion character for quite some time, so it uh, really did take me by surprise a bit. About the ending, um, I can understand why people wanted to have a more definite ending to the arc of the relationship between Yaz and the Doctor, but I did think it was quite well managed, and I loved the companions getting together again at the end, especially seeing William Russell was really lovely. Um, One final, more frivolous point, uh, I'd thought about it in relation to the new Doctor, but... As the Master regenerated into the Doctor's clothing, I was wondering if he'd spent part of the evening at least wearing women's underwear. Thank you and good night. Hello, it's Luke from Lost on Gallifrey and I thought that Jodie Whittaker was terrible, Chibnall was awful and the whole era has been... Just an awful mess. That is what I thought at half seven on Sunday night. But now, now I just don't know what to think. Chip not good. Jodie, brilliant. The era redeemed? I don't know. But I'll tell you what I do know. I think Chris Chibnall did a fucking fantastic job at basically celebrating 100 years of Doctor Who. I thought having all the cameos, all the nostalgia, how could you not enjoy it if you're a fan of the show? And I think for for a one-off special like this, a big 100 years celebratory, the classic, the new, that that's absolutely perfect. And the amount of things that you might have knocked off or stolen the the master dancing to a song the the journey's empire and the tardis that all felt like really charming references to me i thought it gives a toss about the story we never give a toss about the story in these sort of episodes um 
It was so good, and I just lost my head as soon as Paul McGann appeared. And to be fair, I got I thought I thought Yaz had a really nice exit. I thought Yaz got some agency and probably the best I've ever seen her. Um, she didn't want to be with any other doctor, and I thought that was, came across perfectly within the story when the doctor got changed to the master. Um, and got a really nice send-off as well. And Jodie got a really understated regeneration, which was really nice. And the last couple of seconds, well, I knew it was going to happen. I could have predicted, well, I did predict it was going to happen, but didn't you just lose your head anyway? What a fantastic uh, episode it was. Chibnall Good, amazing end to Jodie's era. Possibly his finest and her finest hour. Well, what can I say about the power of the Doctor? Chris Chibnall, Chef's Kiss, absolutely brilliant. Just, I think we've all been sitting for the last couple of nights thinking, trying to process everything that we saw. Great send-off for Jodie, beautiful regeneration at the end. Mamdik Gill's best performance is Yaz. The Master of Rasputin, just fantastic. Seeing past Doctors, we all squeed. But the best moment for me, I was a child again, seeing my Doctor with Ace have that moment. Just Brilliant. Great episode. How can you have an opinion on The Power of the Doctor, an episode so fun-packed, so manic, so insane, and so utterly thrilling and full of heart and love and joy that opinions just melt in its wake? It was probably the most thrilling 90 minutes of television I have ever seen and very rapidly has become my favourite Doctor Who episode. It is the first time in years that I have wanted to immediately re-watch an episode after watching it for the first time. Even the day of the Doctor, the previous high point of the series, the previous delight and joy of Doctors coming together, that doesn't have an ounce on what the power of the Doctor has. It is absolutely stunning and funny and beautiful so many beautiful moments my god the images of this just the bit where Yaz is carrying the doctor the regeneration on the cliff top the cliff edge where she meets the other doctors this is the Chibnall era rich the Chibnall era writ large it is everything every every manic idea that Doctor Who could possibly have all crammed into 90 crazy minutes I wouldn't want it I wouldn't want it to be like this every week, but for a special, for that one time, this is what you'd want from a Doctor Who movie. It covers time and space and people and the past and the future of the show all in one. It was magnificent. And I just wish that we could have a bit more time. And also, it's the first time that the Doctor has been killed by a giant space jellyfish. So that's a new thing. But what's not new is the amount of heart that is poured into all of these episodes. It is absolutely coming from the right place, which is this place of joy and wonder and excitement. And you see it in the young people that the show attracts, the people you see at the conventions dressed as Jodie Whittaker. It is bringing these people on board and if you, you can't always measure it in the number of people who think it's brilliant, but sometimes you can measure it in the number of people who absolutely love it. 
And I am a sucker because I am one of those people who absolutely loves it. Hello, Joe and Jeff. It is uh, Brendan here. I'm just having to talk quietly because it's late here in Australia. The power of the Doctor for me continued um, the upward trending quality of this era, in my opinion, uh, from Flux and Eve of the Daleks. And what it did was it embraced the strengths of this era while also doing new things. And that's really funny because there weren't as many new characters as one might expect. It was all about the old characters. Um, the emotionality of the scenes between Yaz and the Doctor, I thought, were beautifully well handled. And I was in floods with um, uh, the ice cream scene on top of the TARDIS at the end. And what I love about the title is... The Power of the Doctor is a bunch of people getting together to talk about how wonderful the Doctor is and how much the Doctor has improved our lives. Our lives? Their lives? <laughs> and, yeah, I thought that was an absolutely beautiful sentiment to end on and all that after 90 minutes that was fun, funny, dramatic, exciting and heartbreaking. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And tomorrow night I'll be recording Jodie into Terror. Tune in. Hi, Joe. Absolutely loved The Power of the Doctor. Uh, basically sat there for 90 minutes with a big grin on my face and a few tears too. Um, it was lovely to see Sophie Aldred and Janet Fielding back and they were so good and so in character. I just absolutely loved them. Um, I think my favourite bit or certainly the bit that got me um, with the tears going was uh, the group chat at the end with uh, uh, Bonnie and Katie and William Russell. It was just so moving and absolutely wonderful. And um, I'd, I'd love to see the episode again, but I'd probably be sitting there going, oh, I don't show, I'm not sure if that works. And you know how you don't want to spoil it. Um, it was it was so wonderful to watch all 90 minutes of it and uh, great fun. Anyway, hope you're well. I'll speak to you soon. Uh, hopefully we'll try and get a date to sort out uh, the, the commentary for Vincent and the Doctor. I'd love to do that with you soon. Take care. Bye. Hello, Joe. Hello, Jeff. Hello. It's Cy. Um, I've just been watching The Power of the Doctor for the second time. And... I'm still processing all of this because that's one of the most bonkers adventures there's ever been. I mean, how do you take all of that in? What I came away thinking was the day of the doctor is very much a celebration of doctor who since it came back from since 2005, but the power of the doctor is very much a celebration of doctor who from 1963 to 1989. It's a celebration of the Doctor Who that we grew up with. And very much for me, the Doctor Who that I grew up with, I this evening I was I had a tear again at watching uh, Tegan see her doctor again. And <laughs> yeah, it's just brilliant. I it's something I never thought I would ever see. I, the Fifth Doctor and Tegan were my pretty much my TARDIS crew when I was 
was my second hardest crew probably. And the power that those actors still have to move you and to that association that you build in your childhood with these characters. Then 38 years later, as Tegan says, um, she sees her doctor again and they're reunited for, for a couple of minutes it's just superb. And Davison's wearing the hat. Well, of course he's wearing the hat. But that that's absolutely wonderful. I love that hat. You know, and how how do you sum this story up? With incredible difficulty, I think. It's yeah. I can't I'm not sure I can. You know, there's just something about those characters coming back with seeing Tegan and Ace and then Joe and Mel. Mel! Mel was back. And and then William Russell as Ian after 57 years. I mean, wow. And their doctors. See, I always thought that the best way to celebrate Doctor Who was not necessarily to see the old doctors, but to see how the companions have lived and coped and what they've done after they leave the doctor. And Chris Chibnall did that with a plomb. He took those characters that we'd loved, expanded their lives and did them perfect justice. And meanwhile, we've got the newest companion, Dan, leaving in a beautiful scene. We've got so much going on. We've got Sasha Dewan being gorgeous and evil, more evil and dangerous than I think we've seen the Master in a long time. We've got the Daleks and Cybermen and the Master teaming up. And wow, it's just superb. And then, to cap it all, right at the end, we have the most magnificent and beautiful uplifting regeneration and i we don't get many uplifting regenerations i think there's christopher eccleston and that's it all the others are sad but this one was just full of joy like jody's doctor was full of joy and to see her on the top of durdle door where i used to have my childhood holidays uh, we stayed there a lot in the 80s in the caravan park there. That's where I watched the first episode of Trial of a Time Lord in 1986. Uh, there's just so many associations with that that place for me. And to see her regenerate on the top of Durdle Door uh, in the most beautiful and breathtaking piece of cinematography. I, this, I mean, the whole story looked epic and brilliant and like the whole of the Jodie era has. I mean, it's such a step up, isn't it, to to where we've been um, before. But that was just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And you know what? Jodie was too. Her first words, um, oh, brilliant, have summed up her doctor for me. I have loved her in a way that I didn't expect to. I didn't expect to be wowed like this and fall in love with another doctor that, uh, yeah, uh, she just works for me. So I, that's it. You know, 
I don't think I can sum this story up yet. I'm going to need another couple of watches to to get it all in my head. <laughs> Last night I was trying to go to sleep and it was just circling round and round my head, you know. Um, just little things come back because um, it's funny and brilliant. And that's the most amazing thing, isn't it? That's uh, suddenly Chris Chibnall has gone for it, you know, and the story might not make sense and bits of it might not make sense, but who cares when you're along for the ride and you're swept along with this, sometimes that's just what you need. And that's the power of the doctor, isn't it? It's a show that gets in your head quite often when you're young, not always for everyone, but age four, this show seized my imagination and took me on adventures. And I think Chris Chibnall is the same and and Stephen Moffat and Russell T. Davis and everyone else. There's just something about this show that is magic. And last night's Doctor Who was magic. So thank you, Sasha. Thank you, Mandip. Thank you, Chris. But most of all, thank you, Jodie. You were brilliant. Right, so we'll give this a go then. It's um, all a bit strange talking to myself, but let's give it a go, see how we get on. Talk about Power of the Doctor, which was just sublime. It was excellent. It was one of the best episodes of Doctor Who I've ever seen. Um, So much to love in that from the very start, from that bullet train scene with the... Cybermasters doing the heist and the Doctor and everyone stopping it. That was just action-packed and amazing. Um, Sasha Devan's performance as the Master all throughout, you know, he's still got that unhinged edge to him, but toned down a little bit, I felt. Um, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, but the, the whole story was just so good. Um Hats off to Chibnall. It's, that was his 60th anniversary special. That was him going, here you go. Here's my anniversary. Here's the 60th. Mic drop. Go on, Rusty. Off you go with that. Beat that one. And he just nailed every single part of it. Um, getting the old doctors back was just such a, a brilliant move. The way he's done it as well. Um, to account for them being old. Because there was no explanation of that. There was no explanation of why the doctors were older. But we didn't need one. They were just there in the sort of afterlife of regenerations hanging around um oh, paul mcgann bless him I, I cried when paul mcgann came out i don't know why but that was just so good um everyone else is wearing robes but paul mcgann isn't um there was just so many nice little bits for the fans in there it was it was really was a love letter to doctor who and fandom wasn't it um all those just little little easter eggs like the, the master's Dalek plan and him dressing for the occasion brilliant absolutely brilliant I can't I'm running out with nice things to say about this this story that's how much I loved it um, but the heart of the story is saying goodbye you know it starts with Dan saying goodbye and it's such a brusque quick way for him to go you know you, you come from Legend of the Sea Devils, where he's having the time of his life, dressing as a pirate. It's the last thing you see coming, that he's just going to stand there and go, no, actually, I'm done now, and say goodbye. But 
that's the type of goodbye we're used to of you know just a couple of minutes and your mind's made up and off you go but the rest of the story the rest of the episode deals with goodbyes leading up obviously to the doctor and yaz saying goodbye the thing i loved the most was the interactions that the doctor's got with their past companions again um sylvester and sophie together um brought a tear to my eye just so wonderful seeing those two getting whacked again um so obviously in the in the context of it, Ace and the Doctor haven't left on the best of terms, so the opportunity for them to come together and have that proper goodbye, just unbelievable. But the biggest moment was was obviously the fifth Doctor and Tegan. Um Janet Fielding and Peter Davison stood there going, I've missed you, I've missed you too. Again, how can you not be moved by that? More tears on this side. Just Oh, Chibnall. How have, you, how have you done that? Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And then obviously it leads up to Yaz's goodbye, which I thought was just absolutely superb. Um, it just felt so real and so natural by that point. You know, the Doctor's injured, Yaz is carried down to the TARDIS, everyone else has been dropped off and they have this heart-to-heart and the will, they won't, they're, are they going to kiss, are they going to make up the feelings known to each other and no, they don't. And then it's time for Yaz to go because she knows her doctor's changing. It's not going to be her doctor. It's not going to be the woman that she's fallen in love with. And so she can't hang around. And so she leaves. And that's just... It just really touched me. It really moved me. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And I know there's people out there quibbling about it. I know there's naysayers and nitpickers, you know, saying that they should have kissed. But... Nah. It didn't need it. It didn't need it. You know, we didn't need the 10th Doctor and Rose kissing on Bad Wolf Bay or anything like that. It worked better without it. And I think in this instance, it worked better as well without them actually getting there. Um, like I say, nitpickers in this, what have I heard? Obviously, Dan's quick departure. Nah, it works. It works in the context of the story. It's all about goodbyes. Um the master's plan the master's plan was silly what was the point of the master regenerating into the doctor or the doctor regenerating into the master and him getting her body i mean i can see how that makes sense because obviously the master the man who's notorious for burning through all his regenerations and wanting to extend his life forever would definitely not want to inhabit the body of the timeless child who can regenerate forever and ever and ever that makes yeah um but ultimately, when it comes down to it, Jodie's last scene is just stunning. Absolutely stunning. Well, this is the Doctor that's had so much love and positivity and optimism and hope throughout our entire run. And that plays out in that last scene. She drops the eyes off. One last sunset, the blossy Miss Blossom. And that final word tag, you're it, before she regenerates into a sunshine sunrise in rainbow flashes rainbow regeneration energy is just i can't think of a more perfect way for her doctor to go out i think 
you know, I've, I've, I've only watched it the once so far, um, and I watched it with my eldest son, who talked all the way through, so there's loads that I've missed. There's probably loads more Easter eggs um, that I've missed. Um, but, you know, I'm looking forward to going back and watching it again. But it, it's up there. It's up there with the Day of the Doctor for me as, as just one of those perfect episodes of Doctor Who. You know, this is one we're going to come back and watch again and again and again. This is one where we're going to be thinking... You know, we want a warm hug. We want a warm hug from Doctor Who, and we want to remind ourselves of what it means to be a fan of Doctor Who. And we want to see Ian Chesterton sitting around with all the other Earthbound companions that are still with us. And this is the one that we're going to come back to, isn't it? It's just, it's just brilliant. I mean, well done, Chibnall. Who who thought he could write like this? He's, once again, how can we go from the Wi-Fi family in resolution to having Cyber Masters and the Dalek look at each other like that when the Master is Cossack dancing and Rasputin? You just wouldn't believe it, but hats off to the man. He's he's absolutely nailed it. You know, he nailed Flux. That was a, a fantastic season to go out on. Um, Eva the Daleks. You know, Legend of the Sea Devils, not as bad as everyone says, but, you know, to go out on this high is just stunning, stunning. And I really think Russell T. Davis has got his work cut out now to um, to keep up with that. So, right, there you go. There's my thoughts. <laughs>